What's up everybody? My name is Matt and this is Beneath the Iron. So this podcast is going to be about uh, mostly mental health and how fitness impacts mental health. We're going to be delving into subjects um, that I feel at times pretty much are swept under the rug. Um, We're going to be talking about breaking a hell of a lot of stigma. Um, This is going to be a very raw, honest, open and unedited podcast. So I want this to be as pure as it possibly could be with zero fluff. Um, But yeah, like I said, this is going to be mainly mental health focused. In fact, solely pretty much mental health focused because I feel it's a subject that needs a lot of attention. Um, I feel like fitness and the impact of fitness on mental health is something that needs a lot more awareness. I think people aren't really aware of how important um, it can it can be to aid you uh, mentally as well as physically. I also want to talk about um, moving forward in in upcoming episodes, um, the potential negatives that um, can come with fitness on your mental health, but and also um, obviously the positives that mental health can have. I also want to talk about some subsectors. Um, to fitness and the fitness industry around mental health, uh, i.e. Uh, performance-enhancing drugs, um, preps, um, post-shows, um, anything from powerlifting meets to how poor performance potentially could impact you and how you've overcome them. But basically, I want all these stories to be real and honest and from the horse's mouth, we're going to be inviting um, some special guests that will be handpicked by myself um, to what I think will coincide with potential titles of and um, ex- and um, what I what I want from particular episodes. So I have people in mind for to talk about things that I feel that will bring great knowledge entertainment and honesty you know first and foremost um to this podcast because like i said and i'm going to repeat myself constantly on this there is going to be no fluff and no bullshit this is going to be legit truth from real fucking people so i hope you really enjoy it because i'm going to really enjoy doing it um but like i said this is the intro this is the beneath the iron episode one the pilot episode uh, which is going to be solely me, um, because I feel it's important for you to get an idea of the person behind the podcast uh, before I start just introducing loads and loads of different things that we want to talk about, as well as different people. I think it's very important to understand why this podcast is important to me and the reason why I'm going to take it in the direction um, that it's going to be taken in. So... Uh, I will hit you with a backstory from myself um, and then we'll go over a little bit more about what I want from the podcast. So, um, like I said, this is going to be real and this is going to be honest and this is going to be no bollocks. Um, So I'm going to start way back when. 
way, way, way back when. So six weeks old. <laughs> Obviously, at that point, I had no idea that my um, mental health was going to play a factor in my life because I, all I really knew what to do was shit at that time. Um, but I was, um, I was given up for adoption at six weeks old um, through circumstances unknown to the most part to myself. Um, but I was adopted. Um, had your, you know, your typical upbringing, uh, you know, till five, both parents in the picture and, um, things going as particularly normal as you could possibly probably want for a five years old. And, and, and then the violence sort of started, um, from the father. But, yeah. It was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. Um, beatings, verbal abuse, emotional torment on me and my mother. Um, which went on for a few years. Um, got progressively worse and to the point that we had to leave uh, we had no choice so I was living in Kent at the time and up to up to the left and that was it and I completely cut contact um, yeah you know young lad you know after that I didn't really think much of it I guess I sort of parked it in the back of my mind and it was only when I sort of started hitting secondary school or late late primary school, early secondary school, 11, 12 years old that I think I started to notice how angry I was. I didn't obviously notice it at the time. I'm just obviously, as I'm reading back through my own timeline, I'm noticing it now. Um, there was definitely something that was missing. Not only a father, I was aware Um you know, I was adopted and left a humongous hole somewhere inside of me that even though I had a mum that had brought me up and I wouldn't change her for the world, that there was just something missing and I could not put my finger on what it was. Um, I started getting a lot angrier. Really, really violent. Um... Not towards other people so much, but towards my mum. Not physically, but verbally quite angry. Um, quite destructive. I would quite often hit through doors and kick through doors and, yeah, hit things. And, you know, I guess maybe that's quite normal for a lot of young kids these days, but I don't know. So I went through that, uh, going through puberty as well, I guess, maybe had a big impact. That's not really something I expected to talk about uh, on this podcast, actually, was puberty. But obviously this is, when there's no script, it's just all coming out from the heart. So, yeah, I think puberty will probably have had a big impact on that as well, with massive amount of hormone changes in my body to go along with some of the emotional trauma that I might have suffered so far. Um... And then, yeah, it just got worse and worse. 
um, you know, you go and see different therapists as a kid and things like that, and you don't really talk about it. And at the end of the day, you know, dropping your micro machine is more important on that particular day than dealing with anything else that you think is more deep rooted that you probably should be dealing with. But really, all you give a fuck about is your micro machine. Um, yeah, I think as a child, it's really fucking difficult to try and open up about things um, when there's multiple distractions of things that you can easily just quite easily paper over the cracks with. Um, so outside of school, I started working. Um, still had a whole lot of anger in there, um, which I would display quite often while drinking because I, when I turned 18, I started drinking a lot. Um, midweek, weekends, but weekends were binging massive alcohol uh, abuse really um, from sort of Thursday to Sunday I was probably for the bulk of that time pissed and really violent trying to fight people and I don't know didn't really come didn't get it out in the best way possible I um, started MMA um, which at the beginning sort of didn't really help because the more I learned, the more handy I felt I was and the more I drank and the more I learned became really negative and I just started channeling that on the general public in an intoxicated state, which, you know, was clearly not the right thing to be doing and actually had a zero benefit to, to me whatsoever. <laughs> Um, but then I started taking it a little seriously, um, kind of stopped drinking a little bit, um, and yeah, had a couple of fights, didn't go very well, um, lost them, so, yeah, I didn't, didn't fancy, didn't really fancy it, carried on, um, had a little bit more success, and... Um, felt like it was actually starting to really help and I think on the back of my mind looking at it now I think the endorphin release obviously just through the physicality of how much I was putting myself through um, was having a great benefit on me mentally and um, I just thought I was made of stone to everybody else on the outside but on the inside, really, I did not want to be in that cage. I did not want to be getting punched in the face, punching people in the face. But I didn't know how to vent properly. Like from the core, I just threw it all into anger. And um, I was just pretending to everybody that I was amazing. And I had my whole life together. That I was this amazing fighter and I, I wasn't really. And I was 
this great guy and financially was you know doing amazing and no no one could touch me no one could touch me but inside that hole was burning in me that was burning the inside of me and i was just replacing my internal inadequacy with overcompensating alpha male status and this would go on now from the age of pretty much 18 to about 26 and I had to stop fighting because I had a knee injury and I then replaced it with bodybuilding um, but during the knee injury I I was the was part of the low the really low point um, I kind of learned a little bit looking back now on how strong I was during that because everything had to stop and I lost my flat and I lost um, people in my life and because I couldn't compete in things and people just didn't give a shit at that point and you know when, unless you're I started feeling a little sorry for myself and I, I think looking back then the stigma around someone being quite negative like that is the first people's response is just to shut that person out completely because I guess really it's lack of understanding but to them I think it's just they don't want to be around it simple as that um but I managed to get over that and I I started bodybuilding like I said I I got over that knee injury and I started bodybuilding um started taking gym very very seriously um to a point I took it seriously and I was like five days a week solid but two days a week I was still just trying to be a party animal because I was just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and looking better and just become completely obsessed with myself um, and just threw my ego everywhere everywhere I could possibly fucking find it to be thrown I would throw it um, so I would just go out drinking on the weekend still and purely not because I really wanted to be there but because I just wanted to fluff my fucking ego and have an excuse to put on a tight shirt and walk around in a crowded room um, <laughs> it was again a part of my masking of, of myself because I would come home on Sunday or Saturday day and before I'd go back out again on Saturday um, from the Friday night before I'd be hanging and they were the real low days they were the days where there was always still that thing that was missing about me um, I'm not like I said I'm not I'm just going to park it here I'm not going to completely blame the fact that I was adopted on all of this stuff because at this point point obviously i know really what it was but at that that was the only really big thing in my life apart from the abuse that i suffered that was making sense at that point but the older i got the more it started to deteriorate me because i got to 24 years old by this point and didn't even know the fuck i was did nothing did nothing for myself but pretend to be everything that I pretty much wasn't for the sake of other people's opinions 
Well, I fucking have no idea why I did that. Um, I guess I just didn't want to come across as a weak person by actually talking to people that I idolised um, for them just to shut me the fuck out and call me a pussy. So, um, <clears throat> it was tough. It was a fucking tough point in my life. So, I moved away. I moved away to try and do something different, get out of the of the, the city I knew everybody in and, and um, you know, force myself into something completely unknown. I went away and did exactly the same thing. I got a new job and I told everybody I was the best thing since fucking sliced bread. I had everything. I had it all. If you'd been to fucking Tenerife, I'd been to fucking Eleventh. Just thought I was great. And this was 2017 by this point. And those from 2016 to 17, that year of my life, I completely and utterly deteriorated. My moods, my anger, my sadness. I had no way of, I had no way of hiding it anymore. I broke down completely. And I moved back to Bristol straight away. And I went out on a night out with a couple of friends that I hadn't seen in a while. And I took an overdose. Or tried to take an overdose, should I say. I took God knows how many pills. I had sleeping pills at the time. Um, paracetamol, which wasn't the best choice come the end with the amount I took because it's not very nice. And that and a skinful of alcohol on a night out. And I, every time I popped to the toilet, I would just chuck a few more pills in, proceeded to do that until, well, I owe it pretty much to one of my best friends now um, because he'd noticed that I'd been gone and that I was behaving slightly differently. Coming to the toilet where I'd passed out and got me to hospital quick and pretty much if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't be here. So um, I'll take a moment just quickly to thank Jake for that. Um, that was a selfless and amazing act on your part and I can't be more thankful enough for that. Um, just to clarify, Jake has no <laughs> social media platforms and probably will never ever uh, hear this thanks, but I have told him many times to his face. Um, so he knows where he stands with me. So this brings me to pretty much the start of the recovery. Um, so after years and years of complete torment and masking, hiding, faking, lying, 
lied to the point that I believed myself that I was just this incredible thing. And I believed that I had to create a false identity for myself to actually be this incredible thing. I was in that hospital after that attempted overdose and I spoke to a mental health professional on that day and I stand by this conversation that I had with this man who was only supposed to give me 20 minutes of his time because that was my allocated appointment. He sat with me for an hour and a half in a room, just me and him. And for the first time in my entire life, I spoke about things that I wouldn't even have told my friends, people that I'd been in a relationship with. Nobody knew anything about me. And I put it out there to that guy. And it almost just felt like someone had just took their foot off my neck. I literally will never forget that day. It was a fucking relief, to say the least. Um, and we formulated between us what needed to happen moving forward because I couldn't keep bottling this up creating a different identity for a different group of friends that I would eventually have to leave because I couldn't physically carry on the lies anymore of who I was or who I portrayed myself to be it was making me ill I was diagnosed on that day with borderline, persona borderline personality disorder. Um, and I had no fucking idea what it was or anything about what, what I know now. And that was scary as fuck because I had no idea. You know, you get given a leaflet and a name like that and you just think, what the fuck do I do with this information? So, one of the things that we spoke about was things that you love to do. And a guy told me something that I stand by today. And it's... It's 24 hours in a day, it doesn't matter how hard you work or how much time you have to spend with other people, like family or, you know, friends. If there's something that you love to do that makes you happy, two hours out of 24 hours isn't a lot to ask for your state of mind and the positivity that it can have an impact on your state of mind. That's something I tell so many people now. And fuck me, is it true? We made a list of things that make me happy. And the main thing that came out on top at that particular time in my life was my daughter and the gym. And I wasn't sure what friends I'd had left really after that, but they were there. And I'm lucky now that those friends that were there then stand by me now because I lost a hell of a fucking lot on the way.
So those three things were my main focus. I didn't live with my daughter's mum, so I could only have my daughter when I could have her. So there was not really much I could change about that other than trying to get her as often as I could. My friends that I had, I held on to them for dear fucking life because they are friends for my life. They are family to me. And the gym, I started taking seriously and I stopped drinking. That was one of the other things that came up is the alcohol had to stop. So I quit drinking like that. No drinking. And I started lifting fucking weights. Every day. For a year. Year and a half. Solid. I mean, I've been training for quite a while, so I'd already built up a pretty good base platform. But the difference is I was starting to implement nutrition, like not just eating crap. I was in, eating better. And I was doing it consistently. And the other thing, I started um, talking to my couple of my friends because they knew they had no choice but to know because they, you know, they came to the hospital with me the next, you know, the night and stayed there the next day. And I told them everything and they stood by me. Stood by me absolutely incredible like just would not have expected it because i felt like i was the only person that ever felt like this um you know being unhappy and lonely in a group of people because deep down you know that the person that they see is not the person that you are not knowing how to break that cycle and it took me to get to that point where I decided to break away from my entire life to break that cycle <clears throat> and you know I'm lucky I'm here But the impact that made the difference for me was committing to the gym and talking, explaining how I felt. And the other thing was learning, learning about my disorder, getting information on it, not just shoving fucking pills down my throat or attending blindly to therapy without putting any other effort in afterwards because I did that a couple of times and applying zero consistency to the things that I'd learned in these things was great for the six weeks I was doing them because I was constantly thinking about them but once that course had, had finished I was straight back to doing absolutely fuck all about it and you know as much as I was committing to the gym and things like that I wasn't learning enough about what would really help me outside of the gym as well So knowledge is power. The more you can know about yourself, the better hold you can have on yourself, in my opinion. Again, this is all coming from relative experience. I'm not a mental health professional. I never claim to be. But I speak from experience. From the heart, from the 
head from dragging myself through those dark places to get to where I am now. And fuck me, I'm not all the way there. Not yet. But I'm a damn sight better than what I was because of the knowledge and the consistency and the ability to share who I am. Literally life-changing things. Three simple steps that applied correctly have changed my perspective on my entire existence. Profound, profoundly on my life and my mental health and everything around it. I'm like the person, just a different person to that five or six other identities I created for myself just because I was trying to please people and I wasn't pleasing myself so I started documenting my journey on Instagram um, I thought this is a good way I need to spread the message somehow because I think especially being male and this is by no means um disrespecting female mental health in any way shape or form we all suffer um but i feel like there is just unfortunately that that extra attachment of potential weakness and emasculating yourself um being male and sort of being vulnerable and that's just bollocks like i look back at myself Pretending to be that person who was completely idolized in a group of friends as this strong, alpha male, egotistical, self-centered knobhead. And everybody who knew me then, I had people that were like, oh, I, you know, almost like they would not worship me or idolize me, but they were just proud to be associated with me because of the person that I had painted the fucking picture of what I was and deep down inside I was ripping my fucking soul out and I look back at that person then with the idea of how strong people thought I was and how strong I portrayed myself to be when actually I look at myself now and who I am throughout my entire life and accepting who I am. And now I know what strength is fully, internally, to the core. I know what strength is. And it almost doing something that is perceived by most people to be weak has allowed me to really understand how strong I am which is a crazy thought because when I wasn't crying or I wasn't talking or venting or being emotional 
that was when I was probably believed by most people that I was at my strongest when actually since changing my perception on myself and accepting who I was and learning about myself and changing who I changing away from persons people that I created to be myself actually this is where the true strength is showing that vulnerability being able to talk being able to open up crying allowing myself to be not a fucking robot and just be a human being it that's where the true strength lies for me that's where i look at myself and think fuck i'm a strong ass dude because i've overcome some serious fucking darkness and some some insecurities and some just times where i'm unsure of my place to a degree i still get flashes of times when those feelings come back but i've learned enough now to know what to do to keep them at bay as best as possible and these things have only started happening over the last sort of six to eight months you know some things i've learned have only happened in the space of a couple of months it's always learning it's a constant recovery it's 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 not like how can i put it it's not like you can just put a plaster on it and forget about it and take it off and it's healed that's not how it is it's more like if I can put it in the same kind of analogy it's more like a ligament tear because it might require long term consistent attention for it to be the best it can possibly be and that's what it is it is going through the motions with it it is you know accepting it learning about it implementing things being consistent and that's how you're going to get through it as the best you can and you're going to grow you believe me because i have and you will and this is on this is just me being as honest and as raw and as open as i can it's probably you know, it is quite upsetting for me because I feel like, you know, for 28 years of my life or 27 years of my life, I just didn't know who the fuck I was. And it's sad. But you can't look back because you can't change it. You can change from now onwards. So I made that change and I started documenting on my Instagram and talking about mental health and talking about myself and I share the positive and I share the negative if them days are fucking low and they're fucking normal accept that accept that they're normal you know you're, you are human you have a limit and your limits can vary on different things to different days and it's all about just accepting that and not giving yourself a hard time for that but also applying consistency take a day if you needed it if it is a real rough day but just try not to let it let it stretch because I think it's when you can start becoming lazy on your recovery because you allow your mind to start to win.
and that pretty much brings us to the present day i've been slowly building myself for the last year um sharing stories and i joined mental health muscle um pretty soon into when i was documenting my documenting my recovery and i've started to spread the message because i believe in fitness i believe in exercise being a form of mental health recovery i believe it to be a positively a positive driving force and a positive coping mechanism fitness has as a profound effect on the on positivity for your mental state and i think there's not enough information around that um so i push that message and i push like as well as the the fitness industry is massively saturated and fake i want to show that there is actually still some camaraderie in in amongst the fitness industry and that you know we are you know a fitness fraternity almost you know we're all there for whatever reasons and i'll guarantee you that most of those will be a, a, a lot a lot of people that will be into fitness will be in into it because of something more deep rooted than purely the the aesthetic um i'll bet my i'll bet my fucking house on it that there you know there's 98 percent of people are there for something more than just to look fucking good in the mirror um it's about sharing that as 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 a positive option to help you on the road to to helping your mental wellness and we you know we also want to break the stigma we want people to talk we need people to start talking because it's the only way really and like this talk again comes from personal experience that things are going to fucking change the opinions of people are going to change the the more that we get it out there the the more comfortable people are going to be to come forward and less people are going to are going to start taking lives and or even get to the point where they think about taking lives because it should just be just as common practice to be able to speak about a mental illness as it is to speak about a broken arm that's where we need to be and i guess i'm not i'm not looking for sympathy i'm looking to try and inspire and again i'm not trying to create myself as a fucking influencer i'm just trying to give you a real picture of a real person's life from the bottom to the to to the middle to the bottom again then back to the middle and then to getting to the close to you know i'm getting close to being well i'm definitely the best version of myself i've ever been so i guess you could call it the top but i don't want to call it the top because there's no pressure and I'm at a great level and I would like to stay here and slowly from now build a platform on myself. And this is one of the things that I want to do. This is why this podcast is here, because I want to encourage other people. There is strength out there and there is more people that go through these things than probably you could ever imagine. So the support is great. It's just finding an avenue to get yourself out there to actually start to perceive it. Because if you don't talk, nobody can know and you can't you can't under you can't people can't understand what you go through when they don't know what you go through. So the support can't be there. I've got a tremendous support, but it all came from the day I started talking. And the more I talked, the more people resonated with what I was saying. The more friendships I built through 
something that most people perceive as a negative. Like I've got friends that I've met just because we all have a mental illness. So that negative that has been thrown out there as a fucking negative has built friendships that are going to last a lifetime for me and have had a massive, profound, positive impact on my mental health and that all came from opening up and speaking about it. So this is what this podcast is about. You've heard my story. You've heard where I am now. Not the finished fucking article. The story might never be finished, but I can damn well tell you it ain't fucking over. I've been down that road. And I know I'll never get back there. I created this podcast now because I want to share stories. Other people's story. I want to promote strength. I want to talk about things that people don't talk about. I want to talk about how important fitness is. I want to talk about the negative things in fitness that I feel people abuse and people take for granted and people don't talk about because ignorance is bliss. Because there's people out there that might be thinking about getting into fitness and start using it the wrong way. And it's about talking to people that have been there and they can share their experiences so that we can try and use relative experience from people's experiences they've been through to create a platform where people can be smarter to to help themselves and not get themselves mentally struggling through something that's going to be positive for them if used correctly so I look forward to um, really kicking this off now. Um, like I said, I've shared my story and this is going to be completely unedited and unfiltered and no fluff, no bollocks. I want this to be as raw and from the fucking soul of every person that I invite on here. And I believe that the only way to encourage that is for myself to almost set the tone and if I can be raw and honest like this and share this and the people that are going to come on here and do this and we're going to see how strong they are and see how strong I am, then we can definitely help you to realize how strong you are. And that's one of the main messages that needs to come out from doing this. So... I will wrap this up. This was episode one of Beneath the Iron. This is the introduction. I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, um, I'm hoping that um, these can be a little bit more lighthearted uh, to a degree as, as, as they move forward. But I believe it's important for you guys to know the story behind the person that's creating something. Um, and that was my story that's that's where I am now and I've I've given you that from the heart and I'm not ashamed of my story and I'm not ashamed of my mental illness I'm proud of the person that I am and every part of what I've spoke about is a part of my journey that I had to go through to overcome to become the person that I am today and you can do the same it's all within you the power is within you Believe in yourselves, believe in others, 
and be kind and understanding. We're kicking off, guys. This is it. Episode 1. I have no plans for episode 2 right now. Because, like I said, this is going to be as unedited and as raw as it could possibly be. So, the plans will start going in as of now. Thank you very much for listening. I hope that it has left some positivity on you. As well as some understanding and some knowledge and... I'm excited about this podcast and I hope you guys are as well and I look forward to sharing it all with you. So please, please, please subscribe to it. Um, share it if you feel like someone's going to benefit and episode two will shortly be following this podcast. Number one. Thanks, guys.